Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's going to be better than today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Uh, we'd like to thank the folks for uh, at Painted Hills for uh, supporting this show. And by the way, if you go to paintedhillsnaturalbeef.com, their online store has expanded and is ready for you. And if you type in uh, BBQ Nation, that's the name of my other show, uh, you get 15% off your order through the month of April. So that's kind of a new thing for them. And uh, we're very happy that they're supporting our show. You can hear Grilling at the Green here in Portland based on KPAM, multiple platforms, and the Golf News Network on iHeart. This show airs at noon on Sunday on the Golf News Net uh, radio network channel. So there you go. I've given you all the pertinent information for a morning. Uh, we've got Patty Valero, who's become a friend of mine over the last few years. Patty is, you've probably heard the story before, and if you haven't, she's a champion adaptive golfer she had a tough time a few years back and she climbed her way out of it and i'm very proud of her and i'm proud to call her a friend and patty welcome hi good to see you again jeff <laughs> nice to see you hey everybody out there <laughs> hold on i gotta turn this thing on there we go um too many things for a friday morning i'll tell you that <laughs> so how's how's things going how's your golf game Things are going well. My um, game has improved greatly. Um, I had a little slump there, which I think all of us go through, and um, went and played with a, a lovely young lady last weekend, little Miss Emma, who is a high school golfer and um, has a six handicap. She and I played, and I did very well for playing a, a course, a very nice course, for the first time. So, yay. Good. Um, how long were you in a slump? I didn't, uh, I didn't track it, but we all go through that. I was in a slump for about a month there. I just, uh, my ball striking was just not very good. It just wasn't good like it normally was. So, um, I just hit the driving range a lot in my backyard a lot, did a lot of chipping into my, um, Lowe's paint bucket and, um, teaching my dog how to retrieve the balls for me. And, and so things are going great. Back, back when we had the ranch, get off in a rabbit hole a little bit, but back when we had the ranch, I had a dog, we called her B dog. Cause I got her when she was just a puppy. She showed up one day. One of her favorite things was for me to hit um, golf balls from the yard out into one of the pastures. 
and she would chase them and then bring them back. But she barked incessantly once she brought the ball back and put it on the ground. She just couldn't wait for me to hit it again. You know, <laughs> she would, right. you know, she kind of reminded me of the, the old time kids that used to help the old time pros with their shag bag and stuff out in the, out in the midst of the world. And it was always pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> So, Patty, can you give us an update on how adaptive golf has come around? Uh, it, you know, when I first met you, which has been what four or five years ago now, time goes by really fast, uh, especially as the clock ticks the other way for us. But uh, it was just—I don't want to—I don't know how to say it. It was just kind of gaining momentum at that time it had been around but it was gaining momentum for as far as more tournaments prizes usga got involved that type type of thing how's it how's it progressed well you know i think that the acknowledgement has finally come to all of us in the adaptive golf world that you know the bastion of all things golf is usga and once they recognized us and last year had the first United States Adaptive Golf Open at Pinehurst, that really uh, swung the door wide open for all of us in the adaptive golf world, mentally and physically. And, uh, you know, this year will be the second year. So, um, and the turnouts are great. The support is great. There are fans out there. So um, I'll be playing this year for the first time. I couldn't play last year, of course, but um, this year I'll be playing and um, I'm just looking for the great experience because there's wonderful golfers, adaptive golfers coming from all over the world to play. Well, that's very cool. Are, are people starting to accept it more when you go out on a Tuesday, no tournament, just to practice? I know when we talked before, Patty, that sometimes people would kind of give you the odd eye and, you know, like what are you doing here type thing and then you you know split one right down the fairway at 275 yards and they'd kind of go oh okay so are i know we've got a long ways to go but is that still happening no not really um you know persistence beats resistance and i think you know i'm constantly out there and that that was uh part of my mission is to get myself out there uh, constantly if i'm not out there playing i'm at the driving range seven days a week. So um, I think when, you know, people just become a little more um, acclimated to the adaptive golf world, when they actually see the same person out there a lot. Yeah. Well, when they see me a lot, I end up getting pushed clear to the far end of the range, you know, oh. so, so, so <laughs> I don't, I don't hurt anybody with my swing. Um when somebody has a a disability and they pick up the game of golf, you know, it's kind of taken a while for that to mesh in people's minds, I think, you, you know, uh, because they, I think people generally, I don't want to go blur off in the weeds here, but they generally make some assumptions and then you guys prove them wrong, which I find very cool. Oh, absolutely. You know, and you can, you get out on the course and you see every size and shape and type of person out there playing. So, um, yeah, you can never make that assumption because, um, 
some of the smallest, teeniest little women I've ever played with were the fiercest competitors and some of the best golfers I've ever played with, where I always thought, you know, everybody was Nellie Corda and, you know, super tall. And that's the way you got the power. And it's, that's not the way you get the power. It has to do with everything clicking together. That's where you get your power. Yeah. And as you get older, usually one or two of those cogs in the wheel, you might say, tend to get rusty once in a while, at least in my case. So, <laughs> well, yeah. And that's part of the adaptive process. You know, we all have to adapt just like a Marine Corps motto adapt and overcome. So you, uh, you know, something's going to happen to everybody. I've said that before, but you know, even if you have a hip replacement, you now are essentially an adaptive golfer because you're having to adapt your game or your swing or everything mentally also to um the situation that you're dealing with yeah i found that i i actually went out and hit some balls this week i had a knee replacement and i promise folks i won't talk much more about it but i had a <laughs> knee replacement in december and there was two things yeah it was a little different when i started swinging but the other thing was that knee had given me so many problems for so many years long long time that I found it interesting that my my balance was starting to come back from where it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago or more. Uh, but I did notice when I first started swinging a couple of times, I was more up on the balls of my feet. That's what I had to do prior to the surgery to kind of stay stable, if you were, mm -hmm. if you will. Now I'm back with my feet on the ground flat and being able to move them, you know, rotate, push off, get the right knee going forward and all that is, it was a very weird experience. I will tell you that. Well, yeah, you know, but that's the wonderful part of the plasticity of the brain, you know, that it retains that information deep in there somewhere. So even though you had to adapt your golf for years to get you to where you could have a good stance and make a good swing um, and, and then you have your knee replacement, which things will never be the same as they were before, but they'll be much improved, of course. Um, the brain retains that and it remembers that. So, um, you know, it slowly comes back to you. Subconsciously, it comes back to you. Um, we're going to take a break here in a minute. And uh, when we come back, I got another message for you out there. But when we come back, Patty's going to share with us everything she can about a great experience she had a couple months ago. Um, and I wish I'd have been there with her because it was truly a really sharp one. So we're going to take a break here on Grilling It's Green. We'll be right back with Patty Valero right after this. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. If you want to contact us, very simple. You can go info at grillingatthegreen.net or you can go to the website, which is, again, is grillingatthegreen.net. And there's a thing there where you can send us a message. And I do reply to all of them. Uh, the nice ones, I get rather wordy. And the not so nice ones, I get kind of like, yep, and that's it. So anyway. <laughs> Patty, tell us about your experience with Tiger and uh, 
Matt Kuchar and you'd listed off the names for me last time we talked and I, and I can't really remember all of them. Tiger, when you say tiger, it kind of, everything else kind of falls away behind it. So you were there and you were shooting a commercial and for Bridgestone, hence the hat. And you met him. Absolutely. Sure did. Um, I really did not take into the enormity of this event until I walked out onto the course until I, you know, they drove us out to the site where we were actually shooting a commercial. I've never seen so many people um, and never in my life, you know, I felt like the, the country mouse that comes to the city and um, it took me, you know, probably about 30 minutes to get over being kind of starstruck mm-hmm. and in awe and just be myself and relax and which is what they wanted that's why they chose the people they chose to be in the commercial and how was he very friendly he was actually very friendly he's going through a lot as far as um you know his plantar fasciitis but as a true professional um he let that come through um he's a lot more laid back than i would have imagined him to be um, but he still is a consummate professional. Uh, you know, of course, he's he's dressed on point. He's in um, physically, he looks fantastic. And he has that big, huge, beautiful Tiger Woods smile. But he was just very, very pleasant, very friendly to everyone that was out there. Was everybody on the shoot friendly for the most part? Everybody on the shoot was friendly. Even the director was very friendly, even though he had a huge job to do. Um, you know, trying to corral all of us into different scenarios and shots and whatever. But no, everybody was very friendly. It was that, that made it a lot more relaxing. And out you, there. and you got to have Matt for your caddy for some of the shots. Yes, I did. Matt Kuchar was my caddy. So essentially, there were five of us, and we were called the talent, and the professionals were our caddies. So Tiger was raking bunkers, which was kind of funny to watch. And um, so it, it was just a, just an amazing day, just an amazing day. I mean, just thinking about it now, it's like instantly I go back there. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, we talked about this the other day and you weren't sure, but uh, last year they ran some a piece about you when the Masters was on. They did. I was and- very fortunate. They did that all three days. Well, they did it not three days. They did it all through the Masters, and that yeah. got a lot of attention, not just for me, but for the adaptive golf world. Are they going to do that again, you think? I'm not sure. I, I would think they probably would. Um, you know, they got together their their top guys that play Bridgestone golf balls, and the five talent, those of us that were the talent, are Bridgestone golf ball users. So if I had to venture to guess, I would think, yes, they're probably going to do it during the Masters. Well, good for you. See, I can stand back and say, I knew her win. Ah. <laughs> There's when, plenty of people that will say, I, I wish I didn't know her win. <laughs> <laughs> but That's... no, it, it was amazing. And of course, as my life goes, funny things happened. And um, uh, some amazing things happened. Like I told you about the putting, me and uh, Matt. Kuchar uh, with the putting, the director wanted me to do the putting. And um, so that was uh, that was quite a funny, funny little thing that happened there. But um, well, share, just, share it with uh, our audience. Okay. 
So the director wanted to get a shot of me putting in a shot with the Bridgestone golf ball. Matt was my caddy. And he told me, just drop it anywhere you want on the green and let's just get the shot. So I was a little nervous, a little intimidated. And um, so I dropped the ball pretty far away on a downhill slider. And um, and I made it. So everything was great. And me and Matt high-fived each other. And uh, see, that's how you can do I'm in the biz now. I can call him Matt. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so... Uh, we high five and the director goes, no, 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 let's do it again. And I'm like, okay. So I go and I, you know, Matt gets the ball for me and I put it back in the exact same spot, this big, long putt downhill slider. I hit the ball kind of aggressively and it went right in the cup. And I think Matt was kind of like, he wasn't really into the shot for the commercial, like getting excited. He was more like shocked that I made this long shot again. So the director goes, okay, let's do it a third time. And everybody get a little more excited this time. Okay, Matt, come on. You know, I want you guys to high five, jump in the air and all that stuff. So here we go. Now I'm really thinking about the shot. Before I really wasn't. Now I'm really thinking about the shot. I drop it in the exact same place. So he leans over to me. Matt leans over to me in my ear. And he says, you know, you can get a lot closer to the cup if you want. And I turned around and gave him kind of an irksome look, you know. And I hit it and it went in and he was so excited now that I thought he was going to slap my hand off of me. But the crazy thing that I did, and I've never done this before, is I did that Tiger Woods whoop yeah. after I made the shot and everybody just loved it. So um, and I didn't realize I did it till after I walked off, you know, I guess essentially the set or the putting green and people were like, that was fantastic. <laughs> That's that had to be a lot of fun and really elevate your spirits. It was a lot of fun. And when other people were doing their their part in the commercial, I got to talk with him and um, he was just really very gracious, very nice guy. Well, that's that's kind of cool. Like I said, a lot of people. Well, I you know, I've worked on movie sets and stuff and a lot of TV commercials. And it's uh, a lot of people would fold. I just put it that way. They they just would fold. Uh, because if you've never done anything like that, folks, it's like Patty was saying, they get the first shot, then they want you to do it again and again. And a lot of that time, you don't do it the same way each time. And so the director's over there going, let's do this again. Let's do this. Let's <laughs> do that. And you can spend, a, you know, three quarters of a day sitting there putting golf balls or you know, selling penguins, whatever it is you're doing. And it, uh, it's kind of interesting. Anyway, we're going to take another break. We're going to be back with my friend, Patty Valero, uh, from Florida champion golfer and great lady right after this. Hey, it's JT. And this part of grilling at the green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan golf. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef again. Beef the way nature intended. Don't forget about their discount till the end of April. You can uh, jump on their website, naturalbeef.com. Uh, you can order one steak. You can order a case of steaks or burgers or 
brats, whatever you want, and then you get a 15% discount off your order. And it's not just one order. You can continue to use it throughout the month of April. All you got to do is uh, type in BBQ Nation and uh, you'll get your... Uh, You'll get your discount. And also the folks at Birdie Ball, John Breaker and his family. Birdie Ball's been uh, rated, if you will, the best invention in um, golf aids. And then they were they make mats too, practice putting mats for indoors and outdoors. And my golf spy rated them the best mat in 2022. So how about that? Just go to birdieball.com. Yeah, we're talking with my friend Patty Valero here. Patty, over the years that we've talked, we've talked not only on the show, but just on the phone to each other, you've really grown and expanded. And I just wanted to say I was proud of you for that because oh. it's you, you didn't have the easiest time since the accident, but you soldiered through it and you stuck with golf. And I give you a lot of credit for that. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, golf found me and it, I think it was a perfect marriage between the two of us so uh, yeah it, it was amazing so if you want I, I don't know where you're at your format but if you want i'd love to tell you again the, the story about the match what happened at the match sure fire away so uh when i was there and uh, i met tiger um he asked me if I was going to the match or he mentioned something about the match. And I said, well, I really like to go, but I can't get tickets. So I guess it was like an exclusive number of people that they let in. And so he called up his guy and this guy got me, you know, my name and address. And I never thought I'd hear from them again, but yep. I got an email from him saying, Hey, here's your tickets. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure meeting you. So I took a girlfriend with me and one of my favorite golfers of all time, male or female, has always been Annika Sorenstam. And that was before I even played. I just love Annika Sorenstam. Mm -hmm. So we're there and we're eating and we're coming down these stairs and I literally ran right into her. And when I looked up and saw who it was, another small woman, um, I started crying. <laughs> And all I kept saying is, oh, my God, you're Annika Sorenstam. And she was very gracious. And she stood there. She didn't go, yeah, I am, and kept walking. You know, she was very gracious. And my friend's like, oh, it's such a pleasure to meet you. So we met each other. And we walked over to where uh, everybody, Jordan and everybody, was um, getting ready. They were on the practice uh, hitting balls. And so I walked over and was watching them. There was the cutest little boy standing there in a wonderful little golf outfit. And, He's leaning over the fence and, um, you know, we're literally, you know, five feet from these guys practicing. And Annika was behind us with her husband and talking. And so I said to this little boy, I was so excited. I couldn't believe it. And I said to him, I said, do you know who that is behind you? And he says, he turns around, and he looks and he goes, uh-huh. And he kept watching Jordan and them. And I said, wow, I don't think you know who that is. That's one of the greatest female golfers of all time. She is amazing. She is the epitome of Arnold Palmer's quote, swing your swing, not the idea of a swing. Right. And he turned around and he looked again. He goes, yeah, I know who it is. And I go, I don't think you do. Okay. And he says, I do. That's my mom. And so I asked him, now I'm intrigued by him. And I said, do you get nervous playing? I didn't know really anything about him. I said, do you get nervous when you play? And he says, no, not really. 
Well, I didn't know that they had, well, it was a PNC yeah. Yeah. challenge in like three days. And um, it, it was, that to me was just the best experience of the whole tournament was that. So we all stood there and watched, you know, and then you walk around and you follow the golfers. But um, that was just an interesting experience. I've never seen something like that done at night, um, you know, at, at that level of players playing at night. So it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of um, crash talk too, which I found funny uh, yes. when they were filming is that I've actually, uh, I haven't seen him in person, but I've watched Will play. I've watched films of him playing with his mom. He's not very big, but he does pretty dang good. Well, yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, he kind of grew he, up know, in and it. it. And it doesn't matter that you know your father was this great golfer or your mother was this great golfer that doesn't inherently mean that you're going to be a great golfer right you have to have that that talent also oh and beyond that you have to have the drive and the willingness to devote the time to the sport and for a for a little kid um you know that's tough and i really don't see you know his mother being a taskmaster making him go do something he doesn't want because anybody that's ever had children is they will dig their heels in if there's something they just don't want to do, or they'll go do it and it'll be miserable. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> it, so it, it, it was just fantastic. And then to watch it, you know, on television, I was like, Oh, I got to meet them. So, yeah. Well, you know, he didn't have a very easy start in life. He was too little to remember, but he was pretty tiny because he was a preemie and you spoke about Arnold Palmer. That's where he went to the Winnie Palmer uh, children's wing at, at, in Orlando there. I don't know exactly which, you know, which ward or anything like that, but I saw the story and then they actually brought him when he was just a tiny baby. They brought him on the set of one of the broadcasts and Arnold was there and they put Will in Arnold's arms and Arnold's just kind of staring at him, you know, because I mean, Arnold liked kids a lot. He had, oh, absolutely, you know, a couple daughters and all that stuff. But the point is, is while Annika was telling his story, Arnold's looking at Will and he was starting to get a little choked up. Annika was getting choked up. And then I think Will spit up or something like that <laughs> doing, doing the kid thing. And so. That was that was kind of a cute, uh, cute Arnold, you know, in his in his sweater. There, going here you go. Yeah, <laughs> handed him back. But yeah, he uh, he was a little tiny baby, from what I remember. And uh, they said he wouldn't have made it if it hadn't have been at the Arnold uh, and Winnie Palmer Children's oh, yeah. Hospital. Absolutely. There, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's uh, you know, I never actually got the chance to talk much with him. I met Arnold up here at one of Peter Jacobson's deals. And uh, I don't think he met anybody. He didn't, you know, smile and shake their hand or whatever, and uh, didn't have the potential to call him a friend. He was just kind of that guy. Well, yeah, you know, and, and he grew up in a different era of golf, you know, where I think a lot of the players now don't get, uh, a fair shake from the community because they just have so many people they have to please. And back when Arnold and Jack and them in their early days and their heyday, 
they didn't really have to worry about that. You would see them off to the side with a cigarette hanging out of their mouth, nice and relaxed, waiting for their turn to hit the ball. And where now everything is suspect, everybody has a camera, every smile, grimace, comment, they are just people. They do get frustrated. Yeah. And they have to be beyond on point when they're out there in the community, period. And I mean, I have yet to run into one of them in Walmart, but they do actually go shopping and do things. And I, I, I just think it's a different era where they probably would like to go out and mingle with the crowd more. I just think that they are probably advised by their team, you know, to uh, just take that kind of step back. Right. So that's just my perspective. Um, you know, from hearing from people, oh, I went to this and they, he was a real jerk or he was standoffish or he, oh, your reason. Well, so. there's, there's usually a reason because, um, I've been doing these types of shows for a long time. I've met a lot of actors and singers and, and over the years, uh, the guys that were kind of on their way out, they were real friendly. But the guys that were still trying to build a career, especially in the movies and stuff, they were kind of friendly, but you never felt like you could get close to them. Not that I tried. I just you always had that feeling because they were always on guard. And I think it's worse today. I'll get off my soapbox here in a minute, people. Uh, it's worse today because, like you said, everybody's got cameras. They've got recorders of some thing. It, it, before the person that they're taking the pictures of can get off the golf course those images and footages are circulated around the world and a lot of times they don't even know what they're walking into so uh we're going to pick that up on the other side we're going to take a break come back with patty valero right here on grilling at the green don't go away hi everybody it's jt and this is a special version of grilling at the green Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and uh, we'd like to say hi to Bruce Furman, who is here with his golf tip of the week. Okay, this is Bruce Furman from Langdon Farms Golf Club, and I'm the director of instruction out there, and I'm going to give you a little tip on how to hit low shots out of the trees. And certainly up in Oregon, we have a lot of tree-line golf courses, and you got to be able to get out of there when you hit a, a poor drive. And when I was back in school a long time ago at the University of Houston, I, when I was a freshman, I was playing this golf course called Atascacita, which is a tree-line golf course on both sides, very thick. And I was struggling a little bit, hitting them in the trees quite a bit. And, and I kept trying to get out, and I wasn't getting out very good. And one of the upperclassmen I was playing with, a guy named Lane Wallach, said, you know, when you're trying to go low, don't go high. Seems simple, but I was kept hitting the ball up in the branches trying to get out. He said, top it. Whatever you do, don't go high if you're trying to go low. So that's stayed with me for a long time. And so I, I never make that mistake or rarely make that mistake where I hit it up in the branches when I'm trying to go low. How do you go low? Well, you can put the ball a little bit back in your stance. You can stand pretty level with your shoulders. Take like a three-quarter back swing without too much wrist cock. And then you swing forward and, and finish with a low finish, meaning your body's come forward, but the club hasn't recocked and it finished with a low finish. And that helps you hit it lower. And certainly using 
you know, less lofted clubs, that helps. Uh, but hitting that shot where you finish low and you don't have a big swing without too much wrist cock, that really helps you keep the ball low. And if you happen to be in a situation where it's a lot of hard pan and you have to, the hardest shot is when you have to go low for a long time. And so it's hard to do to keep it low for a very long way. So one thing you can do if it's hard pan is actually try to hit a driver off the off the ground because it won't get up in the air at all. So if you have to keep it low, now if you're in the rough, it won't work very good. But if it's hard pan, like a lot of times it is under trees because the grass doesn't grow much under the trees, that's a good club to use. Try that and, and I think you'll get out of the trees a lot better. Thank you, Bruce Furman. If you'd like to find out more, about Mr. Furman and what he does here in the Portland area, just go to Langdon Farms, click on instruction. There's a drop down menu there, and uh, you can find out how to get a lesson or some encouragement from Bruce. He, he does an excellent job. Also, Sean Lanny will be joining us here uh, on a fairly regular basis when he's not flying around the world teaching people. So, Sean will be coming up in just a couple of weeks. We're talking with Patty Bolero from Florida. Uh, Patty and I have known each other for a few years now. I've been watching her career and how she goes forward. And uh, like I said earlier, I'm very proud of her. What was the one thing you learned from working on that, that golf commercial? I mean, I know you did some stuff last year and you've been involved in that, but I don't think Tiger was there last year. I don't think Matt was there last year. You know, Fred Couples wasn't there, you know, this and that and that. But what was the one thing you learned? Um just to be grateful, be grateful um, yes. at all the wonderful things that have happened and just live in that moment. Uh, and it, just the gratitude of being asked to do the commercial, being um, asked my opinion about things by these golf greats. So that's what, that's the biggest takeaway for me is I was just so grateful to be there. Uh, I would imagine. I really would imagine. Um... It's it's uplifting to get in a conversation with people like that. And it's an actual conversation versus just, hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. And they move on down the line. You know, right. when, you're, when you're leaning against the golf cart and you don't know it's Tigers and he comes in and goes, hi, and you called him Mr. Woods. And he said, no, please call me Tiger. And that's how the conversation kind of started from what you've told me. Yeah, that must have taken a lot of tension out of the air when he said, no, just call me Tiger. Absolutely. I mean, come on. He's an enigma. Yeah. You know, and um, he was just so gracious and and he really was battling through a lot and but still stayed gracious where I don't know when I'm having a really bad day. I mean, come on, you know, you become everything is a little irksome. And um, but dealing with all those people and, and, and dealing with us. You know, we were the variable. Of course, he's used to dealing with large crowds. He's used to dealing with cameras and directors and all that stuff. The variable was dealing with all of us, just the, the regular folks that play. And sure. he was just extremely gracious to say, yes, a lot of them were. Well, that's very cool. That's very cool. And by the way, I was going to tell you, you're talking about Tiger's team. My team, which consists of our house cat and my wife, don't usually give me great reviews in the morning. So we'll, we'll, ah. we'll go from there. Well, my um, team is me. I have three different personalities depending on who's calling me. I can be the British secretary who puts you on hold. Or I can be the New York publicist uh, that wants to know when and where. Yeah. So uh, that's my team. 
Well, see, you've got it covered. You've got it covered. <laughs> Patty's going to stick around for after hours. We'll have some more fun there. But I want to thank Patty for being so kind to be on the show this morning. We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours. Go out and play some golf, have some fun, and most importantly, be kind. Take care, everybody. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.